Hello, and welcome again to the Myths and Legends of Europe. This episode is brought to you by the top podcast app, the Podbean Podcast app. This is a free app on which you can download any episode of my podcast and has other great features that let you easily discover, listen to and even publish a podcast. Whether you use an iPhone or an Android device, this app really is the one for your podcast needs. Go to Google Play or the Apple iTunes Store and download the app today. Get more from the podcasts that you love. And so, let's catch up with Sigurd. The Myths of the Norse, Chapter 14, Two Weddings and Some Funerals Twice Gunnar had tried to ride through the flames to claim his bride. Twice the horse he was on refused to go through. Perhaps the problem was him. He turned to his brother-in-law, his eyes pleading for help. Sigurd had learned the runes and he knew he could do something that would help. We will swap shapes, he said simply. And with that, Sigurd took on the form of Gunnar and Gunnar became a carbon copy of Sigurd. The hero then mounted his own horse and rode at speed towards the flames. This time Granny did not even hesitate. In an instant the Gunnar-shaped Sigurd was through the wall of fire. There was a deafening roar and the earth shook. Sigurd, calm as a breezeless day, dismounted and walked into Brynhild's hall. Inside sat Brynhild. Sigurd had been enchanted by Grimhild and completely forgotten about his previous love for the warrior woman. As far as he was concerned, he was there to get Brynhild's hand in marriage for his brother-in-law Gunnar. Of course he looked exactly like Gunnar too since they had swapped shapes, so the lovely Brynhild had no idea that it was Sigurd standing before her. When the visitor announced he was the son of King Yuki and that he was there to marry her, her heart fell. When he told her that her father had agreed to the wedding and that he'd crossed the wall of flame so she was obliged to marry him, her heart fell further. But she knew the truth in his words and nodded. Yes, Gunnar, I will marry you. And so they were married. Sigurd knew, though, that he was not really Gunnar, and so when he and Brynhild shared a bed, he placed the sword Gram between them as they slept. Brynhild was mightily puzzled by this, but her new husband, who wasn't who he said he was, managed to persuade her it was something he had to do. He must celebrate his wedding day in that manner, or he'd die. But this is what happened. Before he left, Sigurd gave Brynhild a ring from Fafnir's treasure. Then he rode back through the wall and returned to Gunnar. He explained he had achieved his aim and that Gunnar and Brynhild were now married. The newly married Brynhild went off to see Hymar and confessed she was puzzled. I have married this Gunnar, son of Gyuki, because he came to me through the wavering flames. When I swore my oath on the mountain though, I was sure that Sigurd alone would be able to do that. Well, you've married Gunnar now, came the unhelpful reply, and that is the way it must stay. Brynhild knew he was right, so travelled on to the court of King Yuki. King Budley arrived with his son Atli, and a great wedding feast was held. The new bride and groom, or at least the person who was supposed to have been the groom, sat together and drank wine. Their guests thought them a handsome couple, and everyone was happy for them. Everyone, that is, except for one person. As Sigurd drank his last glass of wine at the celebration, his memory returned. He remembered his vows to Brynhild. Full of honour, though, he told nobody. And there, the knowledge may have remained, but for a quarrel between Gudrun and her new sister-in-law. A few days later, the two women were out bathing. A few cross words were said, and they began to fight. My father's more powerful than yours, said Brynhild. 
I think not, replied Gudrun. Not only that, my husband has carried out many splendid deeds, and yours was just a thrall to King Hjalprek, and anyway, I had him first. Now this was clearly understating the great Sigurd's power. After all, he had killed the dragon Fafnir, but the second part of her rival's claim caused Gudrun to become angry. She said something she should not have said. Hold your tongue if you have any wisdom. Do not insult my husband. Everyone knows he's the best in the world and that you should not belittle him. The fact that he was yours first means nothing now. He killed Fafnir and he rode through the Wall of Flames in the shape of King Gunnar. Brynhild suddenly knew beyond all doubt this was true. She became as pale as death and said no more. She spoke to nobody and went home. The whole household wondered why this newly married woman was suddenly so miserable. Gudrun, showing an evil streak which had thus far been kept under wraps, spoke up. Yes, why is she so down? She's married the man she wanted. Sigurd replied before he could stop himself. Has she said this? Has she married the one she really wants? Gudrun, all sweetness and innocence, answered. In the morning I shall ask her who she most wants to be married to. Sigurd tried to get his wife to backtrack. Don't do that. As soon as you do that you will repent of it. But Gudrun was not to be put off. The next day she went to see Brynhild. So, why are you so sad? Brynhild looked at her. You are only speaking from spite. You have a dark heart. Gudrun's eyebrows shot up in mock shock. Don't say that. Just tell me. I've done nothing to upset you, she said syrupily. I will never forgive you for marrying Sigurd. You have him and his vast gold treasure, and you are smug. You have married a fine man, admonished Gudrun. A better one than you deserve. He has great wealth and power, and it is difficult to say who, Gunnar or Sigurd, is the greater king. But Sigurd was mine. We swore oaths. Sigurd killed Fafnir, and that is worth more than all of Gunnar's power. Sigurd is the one for me. You knew that and you still know it. Gunnar would not ride through the fire. Sigurd had to do it for him. Grimhild contrived this whole mess. She put a curse on Sigurd and made him forget me. Otherwise he'd never have looked at you. Liar! shrieked Gudrun. I'm no liar. Enjoy Sigurd as if you hadn't betrayed me. You do not deserve him and things will not go well for you. You will regret this conversation. Oh, let's have no more words of hate, said Gudrun softly. Brynhild was having none of it. Hatred, your hatred, is the root of this. Don't think you can say such bad things and then be nice. Let's stop this useless chatter. And so they did. After this conversation, Brynhild went to bed and stopped making any attempt to be normal. Gunnar tried to find out what was wrong with his wife, but she simply pretended to be dead. But in the end he prodded and prodded and eventually Brynhild could take it no longer. She spoke. I vowed that I'd give myself only to the one who would ride through the wall of flame. He would be the one who rode Grani and carried Fafnir's inheritance. No one would dare do that except Sigurd himself. He killed the dragon and he killed Regin and five kings. He avenged his father and he is a champion. You, Gunnar, are neither a champion nor a king. You went white with fright instead of riding through the fire. I vowed I would love only the noblest man and that is Sigurd. I've broken my oath as I don't have him, and instead I have you. Grimhild has caused this evil, and there is no woman worse or more cowardly. Gunnar tried to protest and defend Grimhild, but Brynhild just went on. Never will I be cheerful in your hall. I will not eat, drink, play chess, speak, sing or embroider in this place. 
It's my most grievous sorrow that I'm not married to Sigurd. Now go. Brynhild jumped to her feet and leapt over to her latest tapestry. She snatched up the cloth and tore it apart. Gunnar tried and tried to speak to his wife over the coming days, but she wouldn't see him. Hogni tried, but Brynhild wouldn't speak to him either. Eventually Sigurd was asked to try to talk with her, but he refused to say whether he would. The next day, though, he agreed. He'd had a vision that Brynhild would die, and he knew he must try to talk to her. She appeared to be asleep when he arrived. Throw off your sorrow and be happy, said Sigurd. The sun is shining. How dare you be so arrogant, snapped Brynhild. You have behaved worse than anyone in this sorry saga. No, why will you not see people? You have the husband you choose. No, I don't, Sigurd. You know as well as I do that Gunnar did not ride through the flames. It was you. I thought I recognised the eyes of the man who had been so brave, but I didn't know it was you then. I am no better than the sons of Giuki. They have done fine things. No, said Brynhild. The sons of Giuki did not ride through the fire for my sake. The sons of Giuki did not kill the dragon Fafnir. I have never looked upon Gunnar gladly, and I never will. I loathe him, although I try not to show it. Well, the portents are not good for me. It will be a short time before I'm dead, replied Sigurd. And I think there is little life for you if you carry on like this. I don't care. You've cheated me of all delight. Why should I be bothered if I die? Live long, Brynhild, and love King Gunnar. If you do, if it will prevent your death, I will give you all of my treasure. You must hate me if you think I will agree to that. No, Brynhild, I love you more than anything and any one but the deceit practised by Grimhild cannot be changed. I have been in great pain, knowing that you are not and cannot be my wife, but I have borne it as well as I could. You should have told me that before. I couldn't, pleaded Sigurd. I want us to be together. That can't happen. But it must. I swore I would marry you, but trickeries made me forget you. I couldn't even remember your name. I didn't recognise you until after you were married. I swore an oath I would marry the one who rode through the flames, said Brynhild. I've broken that oath and I must die. No, I will forsake Gudrun and be with you. No, Sigurd, go. And so Sigurd went. Gunnar went to see his wife and she told him everything. Then she told him what was going to happen if Sigurd remained alive. She told Gunnar he must kill Sigurd and his son or he, Gunnar, would lose his wealth and his life. Gunnar called his brother Hogni to him and asked his advice. He didn't want to kill Sigurd. He loved and respected his brother-in-law. But Sigurd had betrayed his trust. Hogni advised him it would not be honourable to kill Sigurd and that he was a great and powerful man to have in their family. The disgrace Gunnar would bring upon himself by killing Sigurd would bring them down too. In the end they agreed that their younger brother Guttorm was not bound by their oath to Sigurd and they should urge the young man to kill Gudrun's husband. They called him and offered him great power and an awful lot of gold to do the foul deed. They found a snake and cooked it along with the flesh of a wolf. This meal they gave to Guttorm. They used witchcraft to tempt him. They brought their mother in to talk to him. Grimhild agreed it must be done. It worked. Through enchantment and persuasion, Guttorm became violent and fierce. So violent and fierce that he was straining at the bit to do the foul deed. He was promised great honour in return. Guttorm, though, of course, was no match for the great Sigurd. If he was going to succeed, he was going to have to carry out the vile act treacherously. Thus, one morning he crept into his brother-in-law's room armed with a sword. 
Sigurd was awake and looked at the young man with piercing eyes. He wondered what Guttorm was doing in his room, but he didn't suspect treachery. Guttorm was suddenly overcome with fear, so he made his excuses and left. The next day the same thing happened. The third time, though, Sigurd was asleep. Guttorm drew his sword and brought it down with all his might on the great man. His strike was so fierce it pinned Sigurd to the bed. Guttorm turned and ran, but Sigurd was too quick. Despite being fastened to the bed by a sword, he picked up Gram and threw it at his assailant. His aim was true and his mighty sword cut Guttorm in two. His lower body seemed to keep on running for a second or two, while his head, arms and torso fell to the floor in the doorway. Gudrun woke up at that moment and saw she was covered in her husband's blood. She began to cry. Don't weep, said Sigurd. Look after our son. I'm sure Brynhild will try to see him die. Let him be allowed to grow up. I've never broken my oath to your brothers, but never again will they have such a relative as me. Make sure they protect you and the boy. And with that, the great Sigurd died. Brynhild laughed when she heard the death cry. Gunnar admonished her. You do not laugh because you're happy. You have become an evil creature. Now our brother has killed our brother-in-law and has been killed by him. It would be fitting for you to see King Atli die at our hands. King Atli doesn't care about your threats. He will live longer than you and be mightier. Brynhild then collapsed in tears, showing at last how she really felt. Your whole family will suffer, she said to Gunnar. Sigurd never broke his oath to you and your brothers. You have rewarded him for his service with death. I never intended that you would be my husband. King Atli told me I would marry the man who rode through the fire, and that man was the son of Sigmund. I promised myself to him. But you haven't won. Things will go badly for you even though I die. Gunnar tried one more time to hug his wife and beg her not to die, but she pushed him away. The son of Giuki then begged his brother Hogni to speak to Brynhild, but Hogni replied that he would not. No man should hinder her passing, he said. She'd never been any good for us, nor any other man, not since she arrived here. Brynhild called for her gold to be brought to her. She called all to gather around her and stabbed herself in the chest in front of their eyes. She shouted out to everyone to take some gold. Then she turned to Gunnar and spoke one last time. I know your future. Sigurd and Gudrun's daughter Svanhild will be the fairest of all. Gudrun will unwillingly marry King Atli. You will yearn for Odrun, but Atli won't let you have her. The two of you will meet in secret. Atli will throw you into a snake pit, but then he and his sons will be killed by Gudrun. Then she will go to the court of King Yonaka, where she will bear noble sons. Svanhild will be sent away and marry King Jormunrek. All of your race will be gone, and Gudrun's sorrows will be terrible. Now, build a funeral pyre for King Sigurd and for me. Lay a sword between us, just as he did when he came to me after riding through the fire. All those killed with Sigurd should burn there also, and kill his son and burn him there. And so Brynhild died. Sigurd's son was murdered, according to her orders. The bodies of Sigurd, the Bane of Fafnir and his son were lain on the pyre. Brynhild was set down next to them. Together, in death, they burned. But that's not the end of the saga. Next week, we will find out if Brynhild's prophecies come true and exactly what happens to Gudrun. Before I go, a quick reminder that this podcast today was brought to you by the Podbean podcast app. Download it today from Google Play or the Apple iTunes Store. Get more from the podcast that you love.
So, have a great couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you next time.